Hey man, so I, I like I like where the topic of today is going to go, and it's perfect. You know, since we're still kind of in these this early stage of 2022, and you've had some people who've kind of like fallen off the wagon for the things they had planned on doing this year, and you know, just some people. Here's the thing about that, you know, you can always get back on the wagon. The wagon hasn't left you, okay? It's still sitting right there. Don't just stare at it like, oh man, I, well, I fell off. Yep, you know, it's got steps on it. You can actually walk up the stairs and get back on it now you don't even have to hop you don't even have to hop on the wagon anymore it's like actually has an escalator you know it's funny about about this year though is i got the impression that people didn't even try (laughs) you know what i you know what i I have to agree with you on that because usually all you gotta do is look at social media there's the whole you know new year new me not this year there's a whole people like it was more like shit. I'm still alive. <laughs> I made it through another year. To my the Rona, the Rona didn't take me out this year, man. I made it two years in a row. <laughs> First of all, the gym I go to is not crowded at all, but I expected that there to be more people there than normal, and there weren't. There was the same people I see every time. I'm like, all right, I guess here's what's going on: people that were already in motion or staying in motion. And you know, on top of even with that, even with the gyms themselves, like you know what I didn't see a lot of ads for, you know, all those, you know, yeah. New Year's, like, yeah. you know, specials and all that. I didn't see that a lot this year. Like, like only one I saw was like Planet Fitness, you know, with this dollar good started thing, whatever, like they do every year. But everybody else is like, they're probably like, nah, you can come if you want to or you, or you don't have to. We don't care because A, we're short staffed and B, people don't want to be around each other. But, you know, C, we're just kind of sitting there hoping that, you know, we don't go bankrupt at this point. So, you know, we're just kind of sitting there waiting for the inevitable. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> the whole dynamics. It seems, actually, it seems like that's the, that is the sentiment around the entire country, almost with almost every business. It seems like nobody really tried over the holidays like they normally do. <laughs> you know, yeah. it seemed like even from after like, even Black Friday didn't even seem that black. <laughs> it's, no. just, it's just kind of like, hey, man, y'all know, hey, the day after Thanksgiving thing is happening. You know, if y'all are oh, well, interested. Because so many supply chain issues, a lot of companies couldn't even do discounts because they're going well, to look, you can't afford yeah. to sell out everything at a discounted price because we don't know when we're going to get more back. And then <laughs> throw in a little inflation on that and these prices are going on. People are like, wait a minute, how much for what? Right. You know, so people are like, you know what? No, nah, we're not doing that this year. <laughs> like, yeah, this year we have a different kind of Black Friday special. We're actually going <laughs> to we're we're raise prices higher than they were before. Exactly. <laughs> And you're going to buy it because there's a scarcity mindset going this is, on. <laughs> Come on, this is all you get. You get what you get or you don't get anything. It's really that simple. Now, now you're going to be waiting in line all night at Best Buy to buy a TV that's 20% more <laughs> than it was two weeks ago. <laughs> all to watch a bunch of sports teams that they're not even 20% better than they were last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> most of their players are now walking off in the middle of the games now. It's just like, dude, is this what you stayed out all night on Black Friday for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this, people are walking in the stores going, hey, you guys have any sales? Nope, we don't have any inventory either, so you better pick up. We only have one TV left in the whole store. You better get it right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a, it's like a Hashitashi 200 from, like, from, from 2011. <laughs> like, what is this thing? <laughs> hey, man, do you want a TV or not? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> It does what other TVs do. Hey, it shows pictures, right? Is that what you want? You want to watch the shows? Well, it shows shows. Do you want the TV or not, buddy? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it was very, it's been an interesting last few months. That They definitely have not been normal. So, 
No. You, you no. got this conundrum where people don't want to spend money, but at the same time, they're being told that, hey, your money's not worth anything. And then on top of that, hey, don't trust banks. Then they're like, okay, so what am I supposed to do with this money? So I don't know, you know, but um, I mean, you can spend it if you want, but just know that everything you're spending on is like <laughs> almost two times as much, three times as much, but you're not going to get two times the value. <laughs> so it's just like, it's like I said, it's very interesting if you haven't really prepared yourself for situations like that. If you've been just living and just going living day to day, then you've kind of been, you're probably kind of sitting and scratching your head right now. <laughs> like, okay, what what's happening? Like, oh no, this, this didn't just happen overnight, by the way. This has been a slow, gradual climb down, actually. So it's been a descent, if anything. <clears throat> but, you know, but of course, everybody just says everything's good, though. And you believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, and it's just getting started, as a matter of fact. And by the time we're recording this, we're about to go into March. And this is where it's really about to get interesting. You know, especially with the Fed and all that. So, and they've kind of gave everybody like a two, three months heads up, you know, about the changes and things they're going to do this month. So, again, to see if people actually pay attention and heed the warning or do it like they act surprised. <laughs> That's always funny to me. Like, I can't believe this is happening. You know, they told you about this already, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the same thing like um, toward the end of last year. Well, I feel like it was a couple of months ago. When all of a sudden, you know, oh, inflation is now up to like seven, you know, 6.8% and everybody, and it was, everybody's like, wait, no, no, no. But those are the notes from the Fed meeting from back in like December, November. So you already knew about this, but the market still reacted as if he just came up, like they just came up with that. It's like, those are the notes from the meeting from two months ago, bro. It's like, you already knew this because you saw it live. They came and actually told you after the meeting what they were doing. But I guess, you know, but I, I think you just kind of need that that fear to manipulate the market or whatever. Cause half the time, I don't even think people give a shit, <laughs> you know? So. No, so yeah. now is a good time to, you know, introspection is always important. Mm-hmm. But now more than ever, you got to keep your thoughts healthy so you don't get derailed. And we were talking about daily journaling as something that's very effective. And this is nothing, this is not a new concept. In fact, my wife, Carol, has been doing this the whole time I've known her. She does it every morning. That's her ritual. She wakes up. Everyone's asleep. All the dogs are with me upstairs. She makes a cup of coffee. She does her journaling. And she's always told me how it just helps her so much with her mental health. It's just to get out whatever fear she's dealing with, whatever insecurities, whatever's on her mind. Sometimes she's like, it's just positive stuff. She's just going, hey, I'm having a great day. And this is what's going on and that. So it's just whatever is on your mind. And what's funny is I had lunch with our mutual friend, Tim Larkin, a couple of weeks ago. And he was telling me he just got into this habit and he had a very similar reasoning that Carol has is he goes, sometimes I'm dealing with this stress or I'm worried about this fear. And I just write all this stuff down, whatever's going on, just an honest dialogue with myself. And then I don't have to think about it for the rest of the day. That's it. Right. It's, it's liberating. And I started doing this too at the beginning of the year. That was part of my new year's resolutions. I go, I just want to write every day just because I like writing. <clears throat> this is just for me. This is not something that is going to turn into a book or anything like that. Right. But it's just having a conversation with yourself, a very honest one, because sometimes you're going to hold back. If you talk to someone else, whether it's a close friend, even your spouse, you might just hold back. So, and then also sometimes you don't want to burden people with all these different things that you're feeling in your head, especially right. when you can just write it all out and just have this cathartic release and then you get on with your day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely something I used to do a lot 
was journaling. Like, I, and it's always interesting also to, like to go back and read them like years later, just to kind of see where you, how you progressed or what your mindset was back then. It might be some things that you still are dealing with or still things that still pop up in your head, you know, things like that. But like, it, it becomes a very interesting read. And then it's like, you end up like becoming probably like your favorite author because you really get to see the progression of this character in this book, you know, somewhat, but the character is actually you and the book is actually your journal. And, you know, you know, it's coming from, you know, it's like, you know, the one like, oh man, it's, I wanted this really happen. And now, you know, it really did, you know, but here's another thing. There's another benefit for that. And this is somebody that just really loves literature and, and, and just the whole concept of, of writing and reading. You know, the beautiful thing about journaling, especially in today's digital age that I can appreciate is the fact that you're writing, you're still writing, you're still writing, putting letters together to bring up words and words to create these stories and and not just waiting for someone to do it for you. Every time you log on to a site or something like that, you're depending on someone else to come up with these words and these stories and these scenarios and, and, and these visualizations for you, you know, so it's very hands off. Whereas when it's you, it's just something else. And also, yeah, you can sit there and say, well, you know, I can sit there and just, you know, type it out and blah, blah, blah. But then there's always something else about just sitting there actually putting a pen or a pencil in your hand and actually getting paper. And actually, especially for all of us, you know, Generation X, Xers and everybody before that, you're actually writing in cursive. This mystical way of writing that <laughs> that probably the next generation will have no idea what we're talking about unless they have to Google it or whatever the browser of the day will be. You know, you, you actually get to write and, and have manuscript, you know, and but it, it carries over to other stuff, though. It's just me, you know, just really thinking about this just in a scientific way. But, you know, being able to sit there and have that manual dexterity just from writing you know, also keeps firing up those muscles and, and those neurons that you can use for other things when you come to, when it comes to using your hands and also using parts of your brain that you normally would not fire up by typing on a keyboard and staring at a computer screen or a phone, you know, so it's just so many different things like that. So, and I know it's like different studies on that, that, that really touch on that that people could probably look up, but man, it's becoming that thing where it's going to be pretty soon, you know, as we started looking at, you know, we're already talking about the metaverse and all this other stuff, and these virtual worlds and all that, you know, pretty much all this stuff is going to be forgotten and not even practiced anymore, unless you just have these people who are just very nostalgic, you know, and you know, that can only last about a couple of generations, or unless somebody just hears about it. So it's kind of like the equivalent of going into Urban Outfitters today and you see a Nirvana t-shirt or you see vinyl, you know, because you know, this generation has heard so much about it and they're getting a little nostalgic or they've had someone in their family who's older and they've seen them with these, with the original t-shirts and actually real vinyl, the original vinyl, you know, not these, these represses or whatever. But the problem is you go in these stores and you see a Nirvana tour t-shirt from 90, that's supposed to be like has 1992 on it in urban outfit. And it just came out like a couple of months ago. And that shirt costs like $50, you know, or $75. You know, and that vinyl cost. To my, I saw a Wu Tang album in Urban Outfitters. The the first, um, you know, um, the first Wu Tang album. I saw that in Urban Outfitters, and that album was like fifty five dollars for that vinyl, for the full vinyl of that, that thirty six chambers album. I thought it was hilarious because I've got probably about ten copies of the promo copy of that album for free because I was there during that time when it came out. So, but at the same time, I can resell those albums that I have the originals and I can make anywhere from 10 to 100 times as much as what they're selling for 
you know, at Urban Outfitters because it's an original, you know. But again, you know, kind of veered off there. But like I said, it's just something about, you know, it's going to get to that point where this just going to be this nostalgic thing where people are writing again. And, you know, it's going to probably be somebody 20, 30 years from now that's actually, they're going to probably go out to a concert or something or a virtual concert and watch this person write with their hands because it's this, it's, it's going to be like this magical thing. Like, Oh my God, he's writing words with his hands. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> I know it sounds, I, I know it sounds crazy to sit there and say that now, but I mean, let's just think about it, man, the way things are going right now, you know, it's just, it's just they're moving so much away from all this stuff because everything's so convenient and what's end up happening. You're going to have, a world where, you know, you're not necessarily journaling and really putting emotions because it's nothing. When you're writing this stuff down, you've got a certain type of emotion. You can even see it in the way that you write. You can start to see that the, the pen, the stroke of the words or whatever, you might see some extra ink or you see some scratches, you know, and you're X now some words, you know, because you're kind of feeling a certain way while you're writing that. So you actually, when you're reading it, you're like, oh man, I was kind of pissed off that day. I can just kind of tell, you know, you can start seeing that your handwriting started having a little bit of a variation to it where you're like, you lean a little bit more, whatever. So you can see all these different things where you can't get that when you're typing on a computer or on a phone, you know? So you, it becomes a little bit of a disconnect when you start doing it that way. Whereas when you're writing it, man, you know exactly what you were feeling that day. And there's a lot that you can take away from that. So it's like, it's going to become a, this, this lost art. And like I said, I, I was actually, I came across a video the other day from Jordan Peterson. He was just talking about, you know, writing, you know, and this skill that, you know, that universities need to focus on again, you know, because they really don't like really making students, college students sit down and write things. And his point was, you know, the thing about writing, it, it also encourages critical thinking. And, you know, right now the world needs a lot of that because that's another pretty much it's becoming a rare thing. It's becoming this forgotten art. It's critical thinking. But when you're writing, man, you know, you have to sit there. You, you have to put certain words together, put certain emotions together, build a story. And even even trying to express yourself, if you're feeling something, you know, a lot of times people can't verbalize what they're feeling because, you know, but when you're writing, you can really just like, like you said, it becomes this cathartic thing. You can just start letting stuff out. Stuff just starts. And when you start writing, it just starts to flow. Whereas sometimes when you're talking, you know, you just kind of like you're, you're kind of at a loss for words and things are not coming out or they're not coming out the way that you're actually feeling like, oh, that's not what I meant. Da, 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 and, you know, something like that. So I, I'm, I'm with him on that because, like I said, writing does encourage critical thinking and firing up different synapses and different parts of the brain. And and then it eventually carries over to your everyday life where you're actually able to critically think when you read things online and when you have conversations with other people instead of just jumping on you know your emotions and feeling that you and trying to stick with your confirmation bias you can actually listen to what someone's saying interpret that break it down and then even if you don't understand it you can ask the right questions to encourage you know a, a viewpoint that you both can have a, a, a civil discussion about you can have discourse so there's so much that can come from writing you know, so I know I kind of took that on all different places, but <laughs> I get it like this. This is like one of my things, man. I just when it comes to literature and things like that and just like writing and all these different things, like this is what I, I get passionate about. You know, well, you leveled it up a bit because everyone I talked about, including myself, we're all typing this stuff out. But it's funny that you say that because I remember my mom used to journal all the time and she would mm -hmm. write it out. <clears throat> And she would get this Sierra Club calendar, one of these 
mm-hmm. the notebook calendar that you yeah. use each time. But the funny, funny thing is, she would always write in these really minute details of the day. Like today, I took Charlie for a walk and he found a new <laughs> stick. <laughs> like today, I watched a really interesting show about the universe and dark matter. <laughs> but my mother was always someone. This is very much emblematic of Indian culture as well. Is that you're you're always worried about perception, right? Yeah. You're always worried about how other people are viewing you, your family, and all that. Now, what a journal could have been for her is a safe place where she can just write mm-hmm. about whatever. But I think that- And not be judged for it, yeah. But because she was so embined in, in her mind that you, even, even, in, even in her private writings, she wanted to- She still to couldn't let it loose because she still felt like someone would be like judging her. You know, mentally, it's like, you know, they, they, it gets, like I've seen this, you know, with so many different cultures, man, and shit, even my own, you know, they get in their head so much. That even when you're writing, you feel like they're still reading those words, those people that would judge you <laughs> and question, like, what is that about? So why are you writing about that? And so you kind of like, okay, let me just put just enough. Or you think like, what if someone asks, what if somebody in my family finds this <laughs> and starts reading it? And then it's like, I don't want them knowing that, <laughs> you know? So, so it's just, yeah, I can kind of, I, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> so you kind of leave things to the point where they're like these little bullet points to the point where it's like, if your mother probably went back and read, you know, took Charlie for a walk, there's something that was like fire or something in her mind where she actually, how, how she felt that day she walked Charlie, you know? Right. So she right. can always like, it just like, it could trigger something like, Oh yeah, that was a great day. You know, it was, I felt this, I saw the flowers and blah, blah, you know? So it ends up, like I said, being just like a little reference point in most ways. She can still even take her private thoughts and even make it even more private. You know, it becomes an inside, it becomes this inside thing just between her and her mind, you know? Right. So I, I truly understand that. Cause you kind of wonder like, all right, <laughs> there's been times like, you know, I'll put like, um, I think I'm the opposite because I can look at journals I had, like even when I was a journalist, especially like in my first marriage, there'll be some things I would write. I'm like, you know, I hope she finds this. <laughs> it was almost sometimes I would write something, even almost like a setup, like, yeah, just in case she goes through my journal. Yeah, let me go ahead and put all this in here, how I'm feeling. <laughs> you know? Even though, yeah, we talked about it, but here's some things I left out. You know, you start having that, you know, what they call in French, you know, in French, the spirit of the stairs. You know, where you have this, when you have like a heated argument with someone and then as you walk away, you like these other points that you should have brought up come to mind, but then you've, you've already walked away. So it's like, okay, do you be petty and go back and another thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, or you just, you know, like, damn, why didn't I think about that? Why we, it was the heat of the moment, you know, it was like, hey, there's a fact I left out, but now, you know, it's like, what's the point at this point, you know, so so that's that's what journaling can help like hmm, let me go ahead and put that in here just in case you know you ever find this and yeah remember this day yeah here's the thing i left out just so you'll know if you're pissed (laughs) off then the only reason you're pissed off is because you're in my journal you shouldn't have been in my journal in the first place (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'm laughing because that did happen a couple times and i thought it was hilarious i'm like oh (laughs) so how why why are you bringing that up how did you know about that (laughs) <laughs> I never brought that up. We never talked about that. What? What? <laughs> what? what? See, these are the fears why people don't get into journaling. Is <laughs> they're worried that they, because here's the thing about journaling too, is it's not meant for anyone else to see it. Right. 
So if someone else does see it and they take it personally, then mm-hmm. that's on them because it's yeah. not for you to see it. Because sometimes <laughs> right. you just have these irrational thoughts. It's not even that you're irritated. It's not even that you have anything personal with someone. It's like you're just irritated. So you're going, you know what? I'm irritated with this person. I'm irritated with that person. And it's because you're just in this irritated mindset. Now it's not for that other person to see it. You're just cathartically getting all this stuff out of your mind so that it doesn't, so you don't waste any time with toxicity. Right. Now someone else comes along and they actually see it. And then they go, well, man, I can't believe you said all that about me. But yeah, I said it about you in a forum that was meant for my eyes only. Exactly. To my, to my, and if you had kept reading, you would have realized that I was saying that, but it wasn't their fault that I was feeling this way at the time because I was really angry at myself, blah, blah, blah. But you know, just like, just like a soap opera scene where people kind of walk, they walk in on some people doing something and they think like, <laughs> oh, they're cheating. But then they, and then they end up walking away like, oh my God, I can't believe he's cheating on me. But then like a few seconds later, the person's like, you know what? I have to get home to my wife. This is not right. I'm leaving. So, the, but, but the spouse wasn't there for that part. <laughs> you know, it's right. just like you walked in on some shit that didn't concern you. First of all, <laughs> you know, if you stuck around, you would notice that, Hey, I actually did the honorable thing here, <laughs> you know, but so that's the thing. <laughs> like, okay. First of all, stay out of people's stuff. I don't care if you are together and how much you trust each other. It's like, the, the problem is, is that if you're journaling, but you're holding back because you go, oh, well, just in case someone's so fine. You missed the point. <laughs> yeah, now you're not getting the benefits of it because right. we, we do too much of that in society as it is. We're always putting on these social constructs. Mm-hmm. Someone says, hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. And then you just keep it moving. All these little superficial exchanges that we deal with all the time. And that's out of necessity because, look, I, I don't want to get stuck with strangers and stop and chats about every problem going on with their life. Next time someone starts unloading on me, I'm going to be like, hey, man, this is for your journal, not for me. It's time for you to start writing a journal. I don't care if you write on your phone. I don't care if you use a, a pencil. I don't care what you do. But so what you can do, though, you can, you can sit there and record yourself on your phone. I mean, that I've, now I've done that when I have thoughts. I'm like, okay, I need to get that out. Because sometimes even verbalizing it that way helps. You know, that's, that's, cool. not, that's a good idea, actually, because some people are just not writers. So now you just yeah. take your phone, you record some, it could be audio visual. It could just mm-hmm. be audio. You just, man, you just get it all out. That yeah. could be better. Yeah. Because you can really, really express yourself right there. Yeah. You know, you, you just like, you know what? Fuck these motherfuckers, man. I'm sick of, you know, it's like trying to write that out. Sometimes you're like, next thing you know, you've kind of like, you've dug the pen inside the paper and it's kind of torn. You're like, Oh, okay. That was, that escalated quickly. Okay. Maybe I need to need you try to calm down so you can actually express, you know, write it out. But when you verbalize it sometimes like, Hey man, let's just be honest. Sometimes it feels, it's very therapeutic sometimes just to say motherfucker, you know, and just get it out there and, and just like, ah, it's like relieving because trust me, that word has saved a lot of people's lives throughout my life. They just have no idea. I actually feel like it's probably what Samuel Jackson says it so much. You know, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people walking around Hollywood who have no idea how their lives have been spared just from the fact that he says that so often. He's probably wanting to strangle people, you know, from directors to writers to agents or whatever else, man. But that word's probably saved a lot of lives. I know it saves a lot of lives when I'm on the freeway. <laughs> but now it's just it's very constant. Look at this dumb, look at this dumb motherfucker. Look at you. <laughs> so so yeah, man. So like I said, just think about like that verbalizing it, recording it. And then sometimes you go back and listen to the recording and you just like you're cracking up, like, wow, I was whew, I, I was on one that day. <laughs> you know? So 
I mean, to some extent, some of my public video rants are like that. Sometimes I'm very calm and composed. Other times I'm really angry. Some of his, you're, you're going off. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Those are like my favorites. Because <laughs> they happen at a time where I really, it's funny how your story pops up when I really need to see that. And when I'm kind of just kind of having an off day, but then you get the rant. And I was like, okay, that, that was, I had a good laugh because I know you. So I also know that, like, okay, I know that. He's serious, but he's not serious. I'm like, it's not, it's not to the point where this is. It's not bothering so much that he can't function. It's just like he right, just got, right. he had to get that out because yeah, he saw, yeah. he saw some fuckery, and I know how Mike is. Like, you know what? <laughs> so you know what gets on my damn nerves, and then blah blah blah. Because a lot of times, whatever it is, a lot of times it gets on mine too. I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, those are the ones that everyone likes the most. And sometimes <laughs> people go, man, I like to see more like that. But it, you can't man. No, you can't manufacture it. I'm not going to go the character every day. Be like, Okay, here's another thing. That yeah, you're not gonna be Mike. You know, Mike Mahler, the the the, the IG curmudgeon. <laughs> it's just like shit. You don't want to be that guy, man. But no, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, you definitely want to go into character. Now it's now it's all it's purely for just entertainment. And then it kind of loses. It's like okay, before it's like yeah, I was right there with you, but now okay, dude, you, you're doing it. You're doing it for the gram now. I can't really mess with you. You're doing it for likes. <laughs> Which is the anti mic? That <laughs> become oh, this is what people want. Okay, cool. I'm just going to do this every time. Right. Then it becomes very manufactured and fake and fabricated, and it's not effective anymore. Right. Feel it. People know authenticity when they when they hear it and see it. Right. After a while, they go, oh, okay, okay. Because also, I'm not like that all the time, so it's not even realistic. It's yeah. Not even, it's not even <laughs> but then people that don't know you, then they expect it like, hey man, do that. They see you in person, like, hey man. Give me a rant today. What are you ranting about today? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to walk my dog, man. Like, no, no, but like, is that, does that get on your nerves? You know, I was like, you know, but you are. See, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're not going to put that on Instagram, are you? Come on, hey, record it. Tell, tell everybody how you get, how I got on your nerves. Like, come on, man. Seriously. <laughs> I guess that's pretty much how actors feel sometimes when they play the character so well that people just expect them to be that character in real life. Man, you didn't have to kill. You didn't have to kill Tom Hanks like that, uh, dude. It's a movie. <laughs> You're an asshole. It's like, whoa, what is wrong with people? <laughs> Keeper, Keeper Sutherland would said that he said that people would follow him to his car, talking about 24. <laughs> they go, why did Jack do this? And he's like, he's like, all right, all right. He goes, you know, I love these 24 fans. You guys are really overzealous. <laughs> like, you gotta dial it back a little bit. <laughs> That's not about Jack Bauer. <laughs> He's talking to his regular voice. Mom's like, hey, man, why is your voice so high? I'm like, no, you got to talk to me like this. Hey, Kiefer, why are you not talking like this? Like, okay, dude, seriously, <laughs> what is wrong with you? This but is why they have stalking times, laws in California, okay? <laughs> 24 at its peak. Think about how many times Kiefer Sutherland is walking around L.A. and someone drives by, damn it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was to happen all the time. Where he's like, "All right, just like Schwarzenegger, get to the chopper, get to the chopper now, <laughs> do it, do it now." <laughs> oh, can you just imagine all the people that walk by him like in the eighties? Hasta la vista, baby. Okay, okay, bye. No, how about bye, motherfucker? Okay, <laughs> like that, that wasn't in the movie. <laughs> oh man. Gosh, uh, accents that people can imitate. Oh man, it's the worst. Schwarzenegger, he could have gotten rid of that accent a while back if he wanted to, or at least at least dial it, at least tone it down to the point where it's not so thick. But it's part of his signature. (laughs) So it moves him to keep it. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's just like, come on, Penelope Cruz. Like, you, your Spanish accent is still that thick, really? <laughs> come on. So to the point where she's like, you know what? Let me just move back to Spain. So therefore, it won't be that problem. Or My, you could be someone like Madonna, who just spends about ten years in in in, in England, and all of a sudden she has a British accent. Like, uh, you know, you, you know, you're from Detroit, right? <laughs> There's nothing British about that. Okay. It's like, what is that accent you're using? What? That's weird. You were born and raised in Detroit, and then you spent the rest of your life in New York City. Okay. <laughs> like, come on. And you're Italian. Cut that out. That's just weird. <laughs> well, I mean, some of these phrases people use over in the UK and they come to America, I go, look, no one's going to know what you're talking about when you say certain things. Those are nice trainers. Like, huh? <laughs> Someone brings over a meal at dinner. Instead of saying thanks, you say nice one. Nice one. Nice one. <laughs> go, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you have a pack of fags. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> but, hey, we don't First of all, we don't use that word over here. Okay. <laughs> That's inappropriate, dude. <laughs> and then where's the toilet? See, toilet's very vulgar. No, the loo. Where's the loo? Yeah. The men's room is what we say. The, the, loo, the loo is very effeminate, okay? No, here's what, I got to hit the loo. Hey, man, loo might fuck you up, though. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> and why are you referring to him like he's an object? The loo. So is that like the rock? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so the, the the thing with journaling, whether you type it out, whether you write it out, whether you do a video journal, audio journal, whatever it is, yeah. do it for thirty days. Just be consistent. So every morning, that's part of your routine. Don't miss a day. What's funny is, <clears throat> I was a little bit under the weather last week, so for a couple of days I didn't journal, and I, mm-hmm. I, I could actually feel the negative effects of that. You could yeah. feel the anxiety and negativity start building up because. Now my body's, my mind and body are used to just getting this stuff out. So I don't have to yeah. think about it. It's kind of like working out, right? Working out is a expenditure of energy. You work out a lot of anxiety. You work out a lot of <laughs> energy. So you feel really good. And let's say you do that for five weeks. And then all of a sudden you miss a week. And all of a sudden now you find yourself, you're, you're snapping at people. Your temper's a little bit off. Your mood's off. Yeah, this is what you kind of start getting to people who kind of like, okay, I go on a vacation. Like, uh, I got to get my workout on my vacation because even just for that one week, and we've talked about that, like, okay, that's, yeah, it could actually probably benefit you to take that week off, even though you're still active. You're just not doing your workout routine like you're on vacation. But, you know, they're yeah, like, no, 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 I got to do my, I got to have my, I got to do my program, man. Right. You know, Jerry, Jerry Branham and I talked about that on, on the last episode of my show we did. And he said that one time he flew to Paris to write for muscle and fitness. And he was with the whole crew of people. Mm-hmm. And he goes, once, once they all got to the hotel, people were like, Hey, let's go get a workout in. And Jerry's going to work out. I mean, we just flew internationally, <clears throat> 10 hour flight because forget the workout. We're only going to be out of here for a week. Now let's go see some sites. Let's relax. Right. And that's how I, people, when people go, like, what advice do you have for working out on vacation? I go, well, Don't. look, if, <laughs> if a vacation is going to be a month, fine. Here's some ideas. But for most people, it's a week, two weeks at the most. Let's just say it's a week because that's generally five days right. to a week. You don't have to do anything. Be active. Do, be active organically. Go hiking, go swimming, do whatever you're going to do. But take a break from your regimen. Take a break <clears throat> right. from your, your work life, your regular life, your workout life. Yeah, turn your phone off. Leave your computer you know, you know, at home. And don't go right to the gym as soon as you get to the hotel. You know? Yeah, if anything, I look forward to a vacation because I go, I'm not going to train at all. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to have a good time and I'm going to come back refreshed, refreshed ready to yeah. go. Ready to Recharge. Exactly. 
people say, oh, so I've never missed a workout in 20 years. Well, you probably should. Well, <laughs> then, I got, well then I got a question like, okay, but you say you haven't missed a workout in 20 years, but how many programs have you missed in those 20 years? Because there's a difference. <laughs> you know, I can't see someone, you know, sitting there being on a consistent program for freaking 20 years straight. Well, that's why I always say you should measure progress and whether that's getting stronger, mm-hmm. more reps, lower, shorter breaks, you know, something, some barometer for progress because that keeps you like that, that you, you, you avoid illusions and you avoid becoming a stimulus addict. And we can apply this to outside of training as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're running a business and you're just working, but you're not keeping track of what's coming in and what's going out. What if you're working harder, but you're making less money and you right. don't know that though, because you're not keeping track of things. And yeah. then you're working smarter. You're working way less, but you're working smarter. You're making way more money. And then when you quantify that you're using less time to make that money, you're making even more. Yeah. But you don't know that unless you're keeping track of things. Yeah, that's the thing. And guess what? <laughs> Which brings it all the way back to this journaling thing. I, that's another thing you're doing. You're, you're, you're keeping track of your, your mental state by doing right. this. You're seeing how you're progressing in life you know, by doing this. And like I said, it kind of goes back to when I was talking about I, how I like to look at old journals or whatever because I get to see how much I've grown since that time. You know, or have I regressed? Or at the same time, it's just like, oh, you know, I'm I'm still I'm still pretty much on this level, and I'm and I'm happy about that. I'm glad I haven't regressed, and I haven't gone too far beyond this as well, because this is a nice balanced level here on this, in this certain type of way of thinking or carrying on my life. You know, right. or you know, it just looks different now. Even though it's pretty much at the surface, it's pretty much about the same mentality, but it just looks a little different now. Right. You know, it's just like a, it's like having an F-150, you know, it's like, okay, back then this was like a 2012 model and now I got a 2021. It's not that much different, you know, but there's just a few little things added to it, you know, but from I, you, when you look at it, you can still tell it's an F-150 and then, you know, still the truck that I like. Yeah. I had a good little Texas truck reference in there, <laughs> you know, but uh, so yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You're still tracking progress because instead of just lollygagging through life and then when things kind of go sideways, you're all, how did, how did I get here? How'd this happen? Right. Well, if you've been keeping track of that, you would know like, Oh, okay. It started right around here. <laughs> Cause just that, reading. That's a really good point too. You start establishing patterns. But one thing I do with my journal is at some point, whether it's at the beginning or the end, I always have a focus on gratitude. What are you grateful mm-hmm. for today? Yep. The weather is nice today. I can see, I can hear, I can walk. I'm not in pain. I'm right. feeling healthy. My mood is good. I always talk about my mood. I go, you know, today I feel positive. I feel ready to go. Right. And then that's, that starts becoming a fulfilling prophecy. All of a sudden, now you're programming yourself. Like, hey, yesterday I woke up, I felt positive. The day before that, I was positive. Today, I'm positive. Now you're starting to develop this pattern. And if you start deterring from it, now you can pull yourself back in as well. You go, hey, you know, today I'm in a negative mindset and uh, I'm not sure why. And you start figuring it out. He's like, why? You know, <laughs> somebody, somebody, there's that, there's that that big question with that small word why but the funny yeah. thing is just the daily writing puts me in a positive mindset well you feel productive you feel like you're doing something you know you're, you're very intent you starting your day off with intention by doing that you know it's, it's easy to get distracted right my normal routine would be i wake up i make my shake i make my tea or coffee and then i sit down and i might have some some educational stuff on TV in the background. Then right. I start answering emails. I start going on with my business. So right away you're in stimulus mode. Mm-hmm. Now something like this though, you wake up, no TV on, no podcast, nothing, no music. I don't even play music when I do this. I just want silence. 
And then it's just having that morning cup of coffee or tea, drinking my shake, and then writing out whatever comes to mind. Yeah. And sometimes it's a page or two. Sometimes it's a paragraph. I mean, there's no rules with this. It doesn't have to be, okay, I got to get 500 words every time. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. Like, hey, you got to write, write at least 500 words a day. Okay, what if I just want to just sit there and say, I don't know, asshole, 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 because that's what I'm feeling today, okay? So I'll do that 500 times. Like, it's just, why are these, why are you starting off with all these, like, strict, strict rules? You know, and so even people that, you know, they're getting into writing books or whatever, like, okay, if you want to be, a, you know, a, a decent writer, you need to write at least a thousand words a day. Do you? Do you? What if, what if they don't mean anything? What's, is that, how's that going to make you a much better writer? You right. know, if it's so just insignificant, well, at least you're, it's, a, it's about the act of writing. Yeah. The problem is you said the act. Okay. It's fake, <laughs> you know, so it's not necessarily the action. I go through the motions kind of guy. For example, I'm not going to go to the gym and work out. I know why I'm going there. I know what right. I'm doing there. I know what the goal is of that to work out. I'm very organized that way. I don't just show up and then figure it out when I'm there. I'm like, okay. What should I do today? Oh, maybe I'll do this. Oh, maybe I'll do that. No, no, <laughs> you're not going to get the most benefit out of your time. Right. With that kind of mentality. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, you just have these people that have to have rules sometimes. And, you know, they, that's that's their life. They've always been, give me, tell me what to do, give me the rules, and I'm going to stick to it. Okay, you're probably a prime candidate that needs journaling. You know, you need to have that freedom to express yourself because when you're always confined by these rules and these, these time frames and, and these laws or whatever else, you're not necessarily being able to express yourself because you're, you're limiting that or what happens if you know you're like okay i'm gonna give myself one hour to write every day what if everything you write you can do it all within two minutes and you're sitting there like okay i still got 58 minutes to go uh let me just then you start, then you start writing some bullshit you go back and read it and you're like, like what the hell was i talking about right here well this is what happens when you give yourself a whole 60 minutes to have to write to have to write and then you have 58 minutes left over and just kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's just like, dude. So again, you kind of defeating the purpose when you're making this, like there's one thing to get in the habit of writing and, you know, really just, you know, give me, like you said, give yourself a month doing it consistently every day, you know, just so you can get into that habit. But it's another thing where you're like, I have to write for the next 30 days for right. one hour about this. And I got to get everything that I'm feeling out during that time. So I can get on my day. Like that is a lot of pressure, dude. And you're not going to enjoy it. And I'm pretty sure you're not going to be as authentic and transparent when you're writing, when you're thinking about it, because you're thinking about all the rules that you've established instead of actually just doing the thing. So is it like, as with everything, there's this balance that has to be, you know, that you got to think about when you're doing anything because it can all, everything can become this, this law, you know, the, these, these rules that they govern you instead of these things that can actually lead you to a certain type of freedom, you know? Definitely. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of the things where I'm kind of like, I like to write, but I also like to talk in case y'all haven't figured it out by now after, but eight years. Well, well one of the things <laughs> like in my journal is, is like, oh, I got to get that YouTube show going again, just so I have one more outlet. Mm. 
because I like talking to different people too. I like talking, sometimes I like talking about fitness like I did with Jerry. The next mm -hmm. episode, I got the, the lead singer of this deathcore band called Eyes of Perdition, a lady, Lindsay. And her, I mean, she's this petite girl with this crazy voice, like this demonic growl. And she's a really interesting girl. She's really into MMA. She's into training. She's into a lot of stuff that you were into. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a cool conversation. And I don't know much about, I've never met her in person. I don't know a whole lot about her, but I know enough that I go, okay, this is most likely going to be a really interesting conversation. Right. That's good. Big fan of my work. That's always a plus. <laughs> I like people telling me how great I am. <laughs> like, oh, you're a big fan of my work. You think I'm amazing? Yeah, let me get you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so yeah, dude. yeah someone was like yeah i think your stuff sucks and uh, i think you're what you put out is a waste of time it's like well we're not gonna you're not gonna be on we're not gonna <laughs> you're not good for business <laughs> or, gonna, my, or my <laughs> interest <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm not gonna waste my time defending myself as an a-hole <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna put me in a position where i have to explain myself I don't right like <laughs> Yeah. That's the thing about journaling too, is that you're less tolerant of nonsense. Not that, I mean, people like you and I are not tolerant of it anyway, but I think other people start becoming less tolerant when they, they get all their negativity out. What yeah. happens is you don't want to hear other people's negativity. Right. Like, look, I got my negativities out this morning. <laughs> right. Journal. So I, I didn't do that so I could listen to your negative. Yeah, I didn't empty my cup to take on your your for you for your That's bullshit. Right, right, right. I'm not your laptop or your notebook or your therapist. <laughs> That's the other thing too is people go, I don't think I need therapy. That's a waste of time. Anyone that says that needs it. <laughs> on anyone that's willing to listen, I go. Well, if you're willing to do that, why don't you do it with a professional? Thank you. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear because they're your buddy. Or, or someone who dislikes you. So they're going to have some, so other people are going to have some kind of bias. Either right. maybe they don't really like you that much, so they don't want to hear it, or they do like you, so they're just going to. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be there for you, you know, like, you know what, dude, it's not, you know, uh, you, 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 you're not wrong for feeling that way and blah, blah. Maybe you are, <laughs> you know, but they don't want to roughly trust you. Know what a good therapist does is a good therapist is. Ask the right questions. No, a good therapist is similar to a judge at jury duty. And here's what mm -hmm. I mean. You get called in for jury duty and they start bringing up starting, they, they, they wanted to, the lawyers wanted to determine who's biased in the audience, right. who has wrong biases. So they start asking questions and then you get up and you go, yeah, I'm objecting to this. And then the judge, the judge will cut through all of your bullshit though. So you could say, yeah, I have a problem with this. And then the judge will go, yeah, but you're an adult. You know, you could be balanced with this. You could figure it out. Go ahead and sit down because everyone's looking for a way to get excused. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I work. How do you feel about the death penalty? Hell, yeah. kill them all. <laughs> I work at a bar. I can't afford to miss work. Yeah, you'll find a way to figure it out. Like, the judges, they don't want to hear your nonsense. The only thing that's going to get you out of jury duty is you have a strong stance. So, for example, let's say there's a robbery case and the judge says, does anyone have is anyone pro or anti gun rights? And then you get up and say, Oh, I hate guns. I don't think anyone should own guns. Now, whether you actually believe that or not, that's going to get you out of jury duty. Because right. you know, if you get up there and say, I'm the, I'm a number one NRA supporter and I love guns and I have a whole arsenal in my garage, that's going to get you out too, because they don't want people on either extremes you know, right. they want people that are in the middle. So just any, anytime you have a strong viewpoint, there's a chance that one of the lawyers on the, on either the prosecution or the opposite opposition is going to say, okay, let's get that guy off the list. Right. You no, know, we don't need him involved. 
But the but when you come up with these lame excuses for why you can't do something, the judge is the judge is always. I've been the jury duty enough times to have seen this every time. They're just, they're they're professional bullshit detectors. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna just cut right through that. Mm. <laughs> it's funny to watch, and that's what a really good therapist does too. Because you go mm. in there and you're just going blah blah blah. You're just verbal diarrhea, trying, trying to bullshit your way. You know, like yeah 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 like. He's hmm. writing stuff down or he's writing stuff down and then they're going to give you their feedback. They're going to say, well, you know what? Here's what I think you mean with this. And you didn't say this, but this is what you're alluding to. You know, stuff like that. They're going to give you something to think about. Right. And the best part about it is, is that this is a stranger. This is not someone you're going to go have drinks with afterwards. You're not going to go to a concert together on Saturday. You're not going to be hanging out with this person. They're not your friend. They're not your buddy. You pay them for professional advice. So when you're in their office and you're unloading on stuff, that's where it's going to stay. It's not going to be something where they're friends with one of your friends and be like, oh, hey, right. what did I say in, in session yesterday? Oh, you're not going to believe what he started talking about. Right. <laughs> you know, once, and once you realize. Hello? Okay. And then two hours later, you're still talking, you know, because after a while you get comfortable. And Tim said he had a similar experience. He talked to, I mean, this was actually a friend of his who's a therapist, but he talked, he asked her for advice as a therapist. Now I don't recommend going to a friend who's a therapist, but this was just a one-time thing that Tim did. And he said, I don't know how much I'm going to have to talk about it. And he had the same experience. He just started talking for an hour. <laughs> and he had, apparently he had a lot to talk about. Right. Because like I say, they they know pretty much how to pull things out. Because they they know how to. First of all, they're they're paying attention, so therefore they're going to ask the right questions. That's right. Well, well you know, they they also but, realize this about people, and this is something that you and I have talked about before: is how much people distract themselves. We're always distracting ourselves, whether it's listening to a podcast, whether it's watching a TV show, whether it's scrolling through social media, just you know. whether it's working out, we're always distracting ourselves so that we don't have to think about these things that you will talk about in therapy. So <clears> once <throat> you're in therapy, there's no more distractions. Yeah, you're you know, once you're sitting in that chair, it's like, okay, you, you don't have your phone, you know, yeah. and yeah. you don't have a computer in front of you. You don't have you know, some hot chick walking by, you know, in, in the Cosmo lounge or whatever, you know, wearing a, a skirt shirt or anything like that. Or, uh, I love the Cosmo lounge. <laughs> That's a different type of therapy right there, buddy. <laughs> people, people watching is the best therapy. Yeah. Multiple for multiple reasons. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So that, that's, like I said, it was one of those things like, okay, I did go to school for, but it's just one of those things like, okay, I don't want to, I don't even want to do it every day. <laughs> like I, I love, like I love psychology and I love just the way the human mind works, even when it's fucked up, you know, because it's intriguing to me. Cause I always wanted like how to get there, <laughs> how did it get so messed up? But I didn't want to be confined to like doing it every day, every day. Right. It just wasn't for me like right. that. And I, I like doing it more so in private. Like I'm watching people like, like I like being an observer, man, just sit back and just watch people, Yeah, you know, and if I, find, you know, find intriguing enough, there might be a way there, you know, get into a conversation and then just go, go from there. But again, it's cause I had, a, you know, I made the decision. I made the choice. You know, I was intrigued enough to do it to where I wasn't relied upon to have to be a participant 
in this conversation or even talk about this topic of, you know, how this person got to where they are. You know, so like there's just something about being the observer as well, man. Just sit back and right. take it all in. And then re- again, going back to what we were talking about earlier with journaling and just how writing helps with critical thinking. You know, when you've done this enough, you can actually be a much better observer because you can really break things down when you're looking at, it. you know, and then you can realize a lot of times, you know, what you see is not the reality, you know, if, especially if you got other people around, they're seeing it a certain way. You're like, hmm. I think, I think it, it can make you more empathetic and less judgmental. It, can, it does. It does. Because, because if you get out all of your stuff, you go, you, when, when you hear someone else express their fears, their insecurities, a lot of those you may be feeling yourself, if you're honest with yourself, or you have felt You've that. You've been there, yeah. It's a little bit more relatable rather than going, oh, what a pussy this person is. You're like, right. No, 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 I, know what, I know what's going on here. I've been down this yeah. road before. Now, there are those who just complain to be complaining. I'm just like, okay, you know what? And guess what? Being an observer, I realize a lot of times that person needs something to do worthwhile. <laughs> a lot of times there's just really nothing going on in their life worthwhile or the stuff is so bad. They're looking, they're complaining all this other stuff. This is a, another distraction. You know, here, the insidious nature of complaining is that people take great pleasure in complaining and it's a very powerful bonding experience. Oh, it's, 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 it's some serious trauma bonding going on right there, you know. And so my it, complains, the other person goes, oh yeah, same thing happened to me and then this oh, happened. Me oh, too, really? me you too. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's a very, even further misuse of the me too movement right there. <laughs> you know, it's just like, me too. Oh yeah, I thought it was just me. And I, I'm someone, look, we're all guilty of complaining about stuff, but for the most part, I, I don't like to partake in excessive complaining because it doesn't make any situation better. I mean, no, what it does not. If it's and, that's, and that's the problem. I mean, that's the, that's the, the thing. When, but at the end of the day, when I hear these things, like, okay, what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You know, that's always how I look at it. It's like, okay, now that you brought it up and you, you recognize and you see it, what's next? What's right. your, how are you going to, how, if this bothers you so much, what are you now willing to do to make it stop bothering you? And, well, if it, and then if you don't do anything, then all this not bother, it's obviously not bothering you that much, as much as you say it is. Then, you then, like it. Then, then you shouldn't even complain. One time I, a bunch of people were talking about human trafficking and all these kids and all that. Mm-hmm. And they go, this is terrible. All these kids suffering. And I, I, I go, perfect opportunity to bring up Project Child Save. And I exactly. did. Guess how many people had expressed an interest in donating? None. Because sure. now all of a sudden, the complaining, I'm going to cut through your complaining and show you an action step. Yeah, here's a solution for that. Healthy. Right. Here's a guy and a team and a group of people that are putting themselves in harm's way to rescue kids from horrendous situations. They're, they're, they're putting their lives on the line. The, the, the most you can put on your line is your bank account. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you, you know, have to put much of it on the line. Either. Exactly. It doesn't take much. You made a buck. You could donate ten dollars. You could just you sacrifice a cup of coffee. Ooh, yay. Wow. But but it <laughs> almost irritates people when you bring up an action step, because now all of a sudden. They feel silly if they keep complaining because you right. Know. How dare you come up with a solution that makes sense, you you intelligent bastard? <laughs> I only speak with idiots. <laughs> Remember, I put up a, I put up a clip about how complaining is just people engaging in excessive complaining. It's just it, it's the it's just it's it just, should be embarrassing. Is what it should be. You should feel embarrassed. I was like, it's an epidemic of excessive complaining. 
And then someone is, well, well, now you're complaining about the complainers. And now you're complaining about me complaining about the complainers. Well, look at that. And now we're back. We're right back to what I was talking about <laughs> because you, you have out complained me. <laughs> it becomes a contest. And I, got, and I, I don't want to someone. That's someone who's just trying to be like, ha ha, got you. Like, right. They're not trying to add anything useful to the conversation. They're just trying to be a detractor for the sake of being a detractor. It makes them feel a little bit powerful. Well, the ones that like to flip it, like, we well, yes, like, okay, so what are you doing about it? I don't know. What are you doing about it, though? And then, God, to my God forbid, you actually tell them what you're doing about it. Oh, well, you know, well, that's, that's good for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, yeah, you weren't meant to prepare for this kind of a conversation, were you? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, even when I'll put up the, I'll take a screenshot when Ty sends me a text saying, hey, yeah. we just had a successful mission. I go, to me, that's a, that's a powerful. Proof, well, I mean, you know, social proof. <laughs> yeah, it's social exactly. proof. And you post that. Now, a lot of people will like that. And they'll be like, oh, that's awesome. Very few people are going to do anything about it. But in their mind, just liking it and acknowledging it. Okay, I've done my part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do anything about it, but that's great. Someone else is, is kind of the mentality. Right. It's like, well, hey, man, it's like that's in their mind. It's like, that's how I supported them. I saw it and I liked it. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I like what he's doing. So he has my support because I like it <laughs> and I like the post. <laughs> Like, yeah, we're not getting paid for like here, buddy. He's he's not getting like it's not like paper clicks or anything like that. <laughs> so it's gonna take a little bit more. You can, can you share it? <laughs> it's like that. How that didn't cost you anything because it's not even your platform. So it cost Mark Zuckerberg a little bit. So so be it. <clears throat> but then it's kind of like now if they do that, they have to share it. Then other people see it. So then it's like, oh, okay. So what's that about? And they're like, mm, I just saw this thing and I reshared it. So, <laughs> so then it's like, okay, is this really what you're about? So yeah, man, it's, it's interesting people, <laughs> but you could post something about, I don't know. <laughs> you can post the food you're eating today. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I know you do And it's like, I, I, I know that, you, you know, you pretty much have, you know, your set, things that dishes like you like to make it's always funny when you see the same people that you know they'll like the same picture i'm like you know he's made this before right <laughs> and like oh that looks delicious like dude i've seen you say you you made that comment before <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like it's, it's bell peppers you know and and, and garbanzo beans man it's like one of his staples okay <laughs> it's, <one of> his, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like come on man it's like oh okay he made a smoothie it's like you get excited about that, but you don't. You can't. I don't see you post. I don't see you liking any of his Project <laughs> Child Safe stuff. You know, when it's we funny, make certain, it's, it's funny what people get excited about. That's the funniest. Thing. I'm like, you excited about a smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, hold on, hold on. Mike just made a cup of tea, and they're all like, "Man, oh, like, oh man." So to my living the dream, it's a cup of tea. What the hell's wrong with you, living the dream? <laughs> it's green fucking tea <laughs> he didn't even do anything special he didn't even add a lemon to it it's just green tea <laughs> I, don't, I don't think no but I don't think I've ever seen a smoothie in my life and gotten excited <laughs> that's, that's, that's you, have, you have a pretty low bar for excitement <laughs> 
I may see a smoothie and say, "Hey, that looks good. I should get one." But or, or you know, <laughs> hey, you know, to my oh, hey, what was that one thing you just I saw you put in? What was that? You know, that's one thing. But when you say, "Like, man, that looks delicious," <laughs> oh, oh, okay, <laughs> smoothie. It's uh, it's fruit. You know, milk of your choice. Yeah, first thing in the morning. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, brother. <laughs> really? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> we just bonded over a smoothie? <laughs> Are we best friends now? <laughs> See, people get excited about food because that's yet another distraction. Exactly. It, it's one of the most ultimate distractions, actually. I'm bored. Yeah. Let me eat. I'm sad. Let me eat. I'm excited. And it's, and it's also this thing that's always used as a way of connecting people. You know, people bond yeah. over that. I mean, it's gone on since, you know, even when they were, you know, growing up and their families, everybody... Whether it's like, okay, at least back in the day, you at least would get together and have dinner at the table together and you talk about your day. They don't really do that anymore. And, or it's just like, hey, let's, you know, let's meet up for dinner, you know, because you haven't seen someone in a while. That's the way you want to meet up. You know, right. you're doing it over dinner. You know, of course, when you want to date someone or whatever, like, hey, let me take you out to dinner. And, you know, that's another thing. Or someone dies, everybody brings food, you know, for after the funeral. A lot of times it's the food that actually put the person in the casket in the first place. <laughs> you know, so crazy. Black culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, so, yeah. So food is this thing because it's, it's always the, it's always been the, you know, the equivalent of showing love, you know, and it, almost to the point where like, that's all it's been used for is showing love instead of actually just being fuel, you know, sustenance, things to keep you going or whatever right. but you know and if anything like that if it's something that keeps you going and makes you stronger or healthier or whatever it's just like yeah but let's you know but you know that's that's what's necessary but because i love you i'm gonna actually buy you some ice cream <laughs> you know or i'm gonna you know have this 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 candy bar or whatever you know or let's have some cake and blah, blah blah because for some reason that's that's the only way you can show love with food is when it's sometimes stuff that's not the most beneficial to you nutrition wise you know it seems like anything else that's just it's kind of like your parents like okay i go to work because we need to pay the bills you know but you know i'm gonna go to your school function whatever because i love you you know so it's just kind of like okay it's just it's, it's like there's one thing that's supposed to be just so necessary but there's it's not because you love them it's something you have to do it reminds me of that that line that denzel does um he says in the movie fences so like um basically he's like him and his son are kind of going at it or whatever and then he goes do you know why i work and you know do you know i work hard every day and da, 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 da. And then his son goes well because you love me and then denzel goes off and basically this move this play is set in the 50s so you know you can kind of think about the mindset back then right. so he's like he said i don't go to work because i love you he said, i don't give a damn he's like i go to work because i'm your father and that's what i'm supposed to do it has nothing to do with love you know that's just the the mindset of that time it's like no when you really think about it, it's like, no, you go to work every day because you actually give a shit because you want to provide for your family. You love them enough to want to do so because if you didn't love them, you wouldn't care about working. If you did work, whenever you made money, you wouldn't worry about keeping the lights on or paying the mortgage or anything like that. You go off, go gambling, you know, go to the whorehouse or, you know, go to the horse races or do whatever, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do and not think about your family. So it's such a crazy mindset to think like, okay, I do this because I have to, and that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Not because I actually it has anything to do with love. It does. It really does. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, but some reason it just seems like if you say you do it because of love, it's going to lessen and diminish whatever you're doing. That's responsible, you know? So it's, it's interesting dynamics, you know, especially during you know, those generations and a few generations after that. 
Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's the beauty of just sitting back and being observant, just kind of just check people out, man. <laughs> you know, and then if he, you know, intrigues you enough, you ask, you, you, you talk to him, then you, things start to make sense. When the people start telling you their story, you kind of get an understanding of why people think the way they do and behave the way they do. <clears throat> Yeah, and then you learn a lot about why you behave. The exactly. Way you, why you think the way oh, you Oh, hell yes. Sometimes when you look at, some, sometimes when a quality that someone else embodies really irritates you, it's hmm. because you embody that yourself or you used to. Or you want to. Or you want to. You don't have the courage to do, you know, if it's, if it's something positive, you know. <laughs> you know, if it's negative, you, you sit there and think like, oh, it might bother you because, okay, I used to think like that. Or, you know, I've never, to my... I rarely thought that way. And when I did it, 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 I didn't get any benefit from it. So I don't want to, I don't want to hear this. You know, it's just like, come on. So, but yeah, it does make you kind of just sit back and think, like, mm. because a lot of times like, especially when someone's doing something like, let's just say we are talking about project child saving, you know, we are, you know, telling people like, okay, you know, we're not just talking, you know, talking to be talking, you know, we do donate, blah, blah, blah. Man, he's like, you know what? You know, I don't see what talking about this does anything. It's not like, because that person's probably not, it's not important enough to them to want to donate or even talk about, you know, or it's just something about that whole situation of why there is a project child thing. When you start talking about, you know, sex trafficking, human trafficking, and, you know, and especially when it's coming down to children, you know, it's such a, one of those topics no one wants to talk about because no one wants to ever think that it could happen to their kid. And some people feel like if I think about it, then I'm, I'm pretty much opening the door for it to happen to mine. You know, someone, even if you're not thinking about it, that door is still open <laughs> because these sick people are out in the freaking world, no matter where we are. You know, the person living right next door to you could be one of those folks. Right. You never know. You know, there's been lots of stories of people have been living next to people for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and didn't even know that these people were killing people or kidnapping people or raping people doing all these horrendous crimes you know against humanity and all the time because hey he was so such a nice guy he'd come over to the barbecue he'd hang out you know and you know was you ever wonder why he'd always come to your house and you never hung out at his house <laughs> you ever put those things together you kind of have these aha moments you know so but like i said people don't want to think about it because they feel like if i think about something negative then I'm going to become, you know, I'm opening myself up for that negativity. Like, right. no, actually, if you think about these negative, you know, these negative things, it's going to make you more aware and make you pay a lot more attention to things, you know, to kind of help keep yourself from being in those situations or the ones you love out of those situations. So just because you shut your eyes and close your ears doesn't make it go away. Yeah, and that's what that's the other good thing going back to journaling also is that you you are you're observing yourself. You're observing your own thoughts. You're observing yourself almost it's almost like an out-of-body experience sometimes. You're outside of yourself just looking at yourself and why you're doing things. Yeah. And, and it's that, also a perfect place to, you know, address those fears. If you are feeling, you know, fears about thinking about these things and or talk about these things out loud, this is the perfect place. And then you can probably say, okay. Why am I feeling this? Why do why do I fear this? You know, again, it becomes that safe space to kind of just get it out. You're like, well, mainly because I don't want to think about this because my dad, you know, told me, you know, I have to man up and blah, blah. And I always wondered what that meant, yada, yada, yada. And there you go. You start kind of, it, it starts to help. And then it kind of helps unravel some some issues you may already, you've been having. 
you know, in the outside world, even this way you even connect or have, you know, relate to people, you know, right. you can, you kind of undo because then you can sit there and then those things that you, those issues you may have had with your parents or whatever, you, you can start understanding now. Like, ah, I see why I think this way. Now I see why he thinks this way. And, you know, he was doing the best he could with what he had at that moment. It's not like he's sitting here journaling or whatever, but hey, maybe it may be a good time to start. <clears throat> you know, so. But I mean, the best thing you can do is to realize that when you're doing, when you're journaling, this is about you. This is really about you because that's where everything starts, you know, and, and everybody else just benefits from it. So. Meanwhile, my dog's snoring way in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sitting there like, okay, should I mute you, bro? It's like, <laughs> Grover, he, at first I was looking at him because he looked like he was listening intently. <laughs> but I realized he's out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's the beauty of having an English bulldog, man. It's like having a little person. It's like having a little balled up old man with you. Yeah. Well, what I've found with, the journaling and then going for the long walks. And obviously some people are in parts of the country where the weather is far from good. Right. Out there and walking a lot. Fortunately, I'm out here in Vegas where it's sunny and warm most days. And I found that I used to walk rain in the evening after I worked out. And now what I do is I like to get it out of the way before I train. So it's usually early afternoon. So now I get some sunshine. I see some blue skies. And also it gives you more time to contemplate and ponder. Walking is meditation for me. Yep. We go walking for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes longer. And that also has a very cleansing effect. It's almost an extension of that journaling. You do some journaling and you go, okay, let's go for a walk. And now the walk allows you to process what you journal even more so. Yeah. And it's exercise and it's activity. Yeah. It's a good recovery exercise or a nice warm up exercise. <laughs> It helps you just squash the whole illusion of as you get older, your metabolism slows down when in reality, (laughs) your activity level slows down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When he came on the show, Jerry affirmed that when he he and I did an episode a couple of days ago, Mm -hmm. he goes, it's not your metabolism that slows down. It's your activity level slows down a great deal. So now you're still eating a lot, but you're you're way less active. Now it's just a perfect storm for just piling on loads of body fat. Right. Because guess what? <clears throat> Even, you know, that activity level slowing down. Imagine what happened. Actually, your, your eating slowed down with that. <laughs> you know, it can still kind of, it can kind of minimize, you know, the weight gain at that point. Because my thing is like, you should be eating as to your activity to complement that. Right. It shouldn't supersede it. You know, you shouldn't be, that's why I always, I, I the whole eating six times a day thing. I always ask people, okay, what are you doing that requires that much eating? Right. <laughs> How much activity? Like, oh, you, like, you know, I know the Winter Olympics around the corner. Are you going to be there? You going to China? <laughs> Just like, what are you doing that requires that much eating? Well, I mean, I'm still getting 2,000 calories, but I'm breaking them up into six meals. Again, uh, you're focused on the number, but I'm, I'm, let's talk about the activity. What is the point of doing that? You know, you know, even then without the activity there, you're still overeating, believe it or not. <laughs> I said, well, why do we get so hung up on these numbers? You know, definitely. I got to get this certain amount of calories in every day. 
Okay, first of all, how'd you get how'd you come up to that? How'd you come up with that number? Where'd you get that number from? You know, while reading the book, okay, but does that book know what you're doing? Does it know that you sit in front of a desk for like 12 hours a day? You know, <laughs> does it? Nope. Oh, okay. You know, I'm pretty sure looking at the cover of that book, you look like none of those people. <laughs> okay. So it's already not addressing you and your lifestyle. So you got to really cater to you, man. So. Well, but sometimes people find that when they train really intensely, their appetite goes way up. I mean, that's common. But the good thing about walking is, is that even if you go walking 10, 15,000 steps, even more mm-hmm. than that, sure, your appetite may go up a little bit, but it's not going to go up profoundly. Yeah. So now, you're, now you're getting way more activity. It's less time when you're eating, it's more activity, and you're probably not going to have a commensurate return in calories. Meaning you're not going right. to, I don't come back from a long walk and then go, okay, man, I'm ravished. I need to eat meal <laughs> now. Right. Sometimes people that are really into working out are also very sedentary people, ironically, meaning outside of their workouts, they don't do anything. Well, they, 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 they justify like, okay, I, I put in a hard workout today and just sit in and just decompress for the next eight, nine hours, especially if someone that works out like first thing, like five or six in the morning, you know, <clears throat> and they work from home and they're just like, oh, well, I got my workout in and you're just sitting there all day. So it's kind of like, okay, you need to get up every now and then especially because you did hopefully train so hard you know so sitting in that chair right there your hips and they're just sitting there like oh my god dude you're you're killing me right now just your lower spine all of that you need to get up stretch move around you know do something man right you know that's the cool thing about walking is that it's not so intensive that you do it infrequently because intense training you're going to do that fairly infrequently with walking, though, you can do that every single day. There's this right. hill. You can, you can never overtrain walking. Okay. Uh, there's this hill. I call it the Sisyphus Hill after that Greek mythology. Yeah, character. Right. Punished by Zeus to roll a boulder up this hill. Yeah. When he's about to push it on the top, it rolls back down. He's got to start over. Every time I walk up this big hill with rain, I think about that because we do it just about every day. We do, we do the same walk just about every day. Sometimes we switch it up. But for the most part, every time I walk up the hill, we get to the top. I'm like, all right, we made it. Back <laughs> my mind, like, oh, we'll be right back here tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, like I said, we kind of talked about some options, you know, and the benefits of journaling and the different ways you can do it, whether you're writing it down, whether you're typing it out or whether you're, you're speaking it out. So many different ways, so many different mediums out there. But... Right you know, you can benefit from any of those or all of those <laughs> really up to you. But I tell you this much, it's so much better to get it all out than to keep it all in, you know? Definitely. So, because at the end of the day, even though you're keeping it all in, it's going to come out one way or the other. It's going to come out in some type of behavior, some type of reaction response or whatever. And like I said, it's just, like, it, this is a perfect time to really just get, let things out, <clears throat> you know, just with so much going on these days you know and here's the thing as long as you have another day that you're breathing something's going to be going on something's going to be something it's always going to be something you know so mr murphy is always sitting around ready to exact his law so it's all about you know this is just one of the ways that you can respond much better to those murphy's laws that that approach you each and every day right so, and you can do it just, you know, without even harming another person because it's just you and your journal, however you do it. It's a private thing, you know, with a lot of public benefits. <laughs> How about that? 
<laughs> so, I mean, I think that's a good place to wrap up, man. Gives I think so. For, gives people some food for thought. So, all right, folks. So, other than that, you know what to do. You know, continue to follow us here. And if you choose to share this information, we appreciate it. Give it reviews, all that good stuff. That still works. Other than that, man, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this week's Live Life Progressively show. Be sure to head over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Use the coupon code LLA12 and receive 12% off of your total purchase at either of those websites. Also, for more personal protection tips, make sure you head over to NewWarriorDefense.com. Support the production of the Live Life Progressively show by heading over to Patreon.com and becoming a patron. Simply go to Patreon.com slash LLA Podcast. All Patreon subscribers receive Patreon-only access to our brand new show, Afterlife, which is a brand new behind-the-scenes episode that is not available to the public. Our Patreon subscribers also get to enjoy bigger discounts on all of our products by receiving Patreon-only discount codes beginning at 15% off on all products on MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Lastly, be sure to share the episode by following us on social media on Facebook, as well as our new account on Instagram. Until the next episode, take care, everybody.